you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to new listeners. What is I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Car... God damn it. This is exactly what it is. I couldn't even say my own name. And I almost just hit pause so that I could edit this out. But screw it. That's what this podcast is. I Seem Fun, the diary of Jen Kirkman podcast is a solo podcast done by me, comedian Jen Kirkman. You may remember me from Chelsea Lately or Drunk History. You may have read my books. You may have seen my Netflix specials. I'm going to die alone and just keep living. This is where I go to say whatever the hell I want. There doesn't have to be punchlines. It doesn't have to be politically pleasing to any particular group. It doesn't have to be funny. It can be sincere. I've cried on this podcast before. I've definitely been funny on this podcast before. I've been informative. I've been stupid. I've just been a human. This is where you can go to for free, listen to a performer, riff for an hour about what went on in their mind, in their world, in their life that week. I started this podcast in 2013 when I was a writer and performer on the Chelsea Lately Show. Because of how fun that show was and I was doing things like Drunk History, a lot of people thought I was a very fun party girl. And so they were coming to my shows drunk and screaming things out and I realized this is out of control. People need to know that I seem fun, but I'm really not fun. I'm, I like to do dumb things like stay home on Friday night and make lists. And I like to not be wasted and shouting things out if I'm in the audience somewhere. I wanted a podcast for people to find the real me. And it's been one of the most fun things that I've ever done in my creative life. So if you start listening to the podcast and you feel lost and you feel like it's a conversation that you're not part of, that's kind of what it feels like. But if you stick with it, you'll start to understand that it's random and you can be part of it anytime you want. I will read you a review from the Onion AV Club. 
What makes I Seem Fun funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action suit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness, and more often than not, she's right. Get ready to step inside to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. Welcome. I seem fun. I seem fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast episode 2. 78. Really quick, just a quick reminder, I will be in Portland, Oregon at the Helium Comedy Club this weekend, March 28th, 29th, and 30th. Come see me. Five shows. JenKirkman.com. Click tour. The Saturday early show might be sold out by the time you hear this, so get tickets to that one. Don't wait for the door. The other ones probably have tickets at the door. Great. Let's get into the podcast. What am I going to talk about today? Well, when I was putting this episode together, I made my little list of things that I think we need to talk about. And I think I think we're going to talk about travel. I have a listener email here. She wants to know about how to do a road trip. I'm going to tell you guys about when I was little, my parents used to tell me that nuclear bombs were under the highway. Being on an Amtrak and my iTunes gave me away. I signed up for clear, and it doesn't work. My fingerprints indicate that I am a ghost. And what happens when you leave your keys, when you take your keys with you, when you rent a car? And uh, I will be talking about what I did this weekend, which was attend a political event, a very, oh, I I feel I was in touch with someone from history, uh, with one of our congressmen who uh, really, uh, really was, I feel, made me feel special and embarrassed me in front of a room full of people at a function. So I will talk about that. My Twitter is respected by members of Congress. Who knew? Congress. What am I, Donald Trump? The United States. I don't even have veneers, nor am I drunk, or in a pill. I will not be talking about the Mueller report because we don't know what the Mueller report says. We know what the bar interpretation of the Mueller report says. And I think most people right now are feeling despondent and they would like a break from despondentness. So I will give that to you. We are going to pretend that none of that's happening. It could be 1985 right now or 2050. We don't know. Well, except when I talk about my political story, but you'll see. So I get this email from a listener. I don't know if you can hear my bathtub in the background. I will be taking a hot Epsom salt bath soon. But not yet. I have a quick update. I no longer will be using Enterprise Rental Car. After last weekend, I got an email from a listener and she said, I do not work for Hertz, 
But with Hertz, you can rent a car. Nobody talks to you. You just get there. She had just recently been at the same airport I was at too. You get there, you get your keys, you pick the car you want, you know, based on the price range you've paid for and you get in and go. I mean, I can't think of anything better. So I will be renting my first, I mean, I'm sure I've rented from Hertz in the past, but I will be doing my first one this weekend in Portland, Oregon. Okay, great. Wow, Jen. What a story. All right. Listener email. Hi, I am planning a road trip by myself this summer for a couple months. I plan to camp and hike my way around America. I want to spend most of my time in the West. I am a pretty capable, handy, and rugged person, so it's not going to be a major culture shock to rough it. I have been on road trips before, but not by myself and not for this long. Maybe you have some general advice for me. I'm coming to the show in Pittsburgh next month. Now, I cut and pasted this email into a document because that's the kind of preparation I do for this show. But I didn't uh, cut and paste the name, and I don't know what gender this person is. Now, the reason it might matter is because when I hear someone's going into the woods alone, camping, America, women, I... My first instinct is please be careful camping by yourself. Please be careful doing anything by yourself as a, as a lady in this culture or uh, anyone not straight, white, male, cis, the, you know. My good friend from childhood, Shauna, we used to live, well, you know, 10-minute walk from each other. Uh... We used to walk to school together. We used to walk to elementary school together and middle school, weather permitting. And she just texted me that she drove her two sons. Her kids are, I think, six and four or something like that. She just took them back. Now, nobody in her family still lives in the town I grew up in. My parents are still there. She drives her kids past her old house, which again is someone else owns. And she says, and, and her kids know me very well. No big deal. Kind of got, I kind of got friends of all ages, you know? Are you four? Are you six? I don't fucking discriminate. We can party if you want. So she says to her sons, you know, Jen and I grew up together. We were, we were a little older than you and we would walk to school together. And they were like, you walked all this way? Your parents were so mean. <laughs> and my parents could not have been more strict. I was not allowed to do anything at all. I wasn't allowed to have any free time. I had lessons every day. I mean, I'm grateful for it. Now, I would love if my afternoon was like ballet class, piano class, tap class, drama club. I mean, I had the life. And, you know, but I had a job and whatever. I've worked since I was 14. So... I had to get work permit papers, or maybe everybody does, but whatever. I've been babysitting since I was 13 or 12, working since in the grocery store since 14. So always doing something, always busy. No time for boys, no time for fun. Wasn't allowed to hang out with the kids. My friend that I'm talking about now was later one of those kids who got to do whatever she wanted after school. Got to hang out at Friendly's. Bergson's was the place we used to hang out. Bergson's was your classic counter. If you've seen those pictures, you know that picture, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, I think is the name of it, and it's Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, 
James Dean. It's a painting. I mean, it's not like a painting, like it's in the Louvre, but you know, it's done with paint. I don't even know if you could call it a painting. It's just something done with paint and they're hanging out at a diner. I don't know why. Maybe it's not called Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but I think it is. I don't know why it's implying that the three most famous people in history, why their dreams are broken, but whatever. So it's like a classic counter, like 1950s people, you know, a U-shaped thing. The, the employees are in the middle serving up ice cream, coffee, whatever you want. That was, that was Bergson's. We'd hang out there. And then there were booths as well if you wanted to get proper food. But you just smoked. You sat and you smoked. You hung out after school with your friends. And you went home smelling like cigarettes. And your parents didn't notice because the world smelled like cigarettes. Every, I could have just been hanging out anywhere. And you come home smelling like cigarettes because smoking was everywhere. So, but it was just so funny that my friend's kids thought she was mean because we had, when we walked maybe a mile each way, we loved it. It was our free time. We'd giggle like assholes and gossip. And I mean, it was the 80s. There was nothing to do but walk. That's what people did for fun. They walked to and from school. So she was laughing that it's almost like because of the way society is today and how far people end up living from the schools they end up going to or just that it's a little more dangerous nowadays or, you, you know, you have to be. Like, our families aren't wealthy, but the suburb is fucking really, really wealthy. And so nowadays our families couldn't have afforded to just live there, you know. So I, I don't know, know what my point was of that. Anyway, it's a beautiful town, but my point is they're from a, a culture where <clears throat> you get driven everywhere or this happens or blah, blah, and it seems neglectful and mean that we just had a normal upbringing. And I don't think she wanted to tell them, actually, what's happening to you kids now is technically the mean thing. You have no freedom. <laughs> anyway, so person who wrote me this email, I truly don't have advice for you. I mean, here's my thing with advice that's so vague that how could I even answer it? Like, I don't camp, so I have zero advice about camping. My advice about camping is ask people who camped. Or, you know, a Yelp usually helps me whenever I have anything. You know, top 10 whatever, doctors in Los Angeles. You know, I always just go to Yelp and I read the reviews and I find out what other people have done. Um, I don't have a clue what your advice, you just said, do I have advice? I mean, do you want advice on staying on your budget? Do you want advice on, do you get nervous driving? Do you want advice on what roads are good? Do you want advice on how to be alone? Do you want advice on anxiety? I have no idea. Absolutely zero. So I don't know if this was like a winner email to kick off the episode with. Probably not. Probably not. But I think what I would say is, well, you said general advice. Okay. So you've not been by yourself and not for that long. <clears throat> well, if you're worried about boredom, See, I don't ever get bored. When people tell me they're bored, I'm like, 
how could you ever be bored if you have a a, a brain? And I don't mean that in a pejorative way, like, don't you have a brain? I mean, literally, my brain never shuts off. I'm always thinking of things. You know, I wonder if you could... Can you do something special? Have you ever... Are you someone that's ever had a diary? Could you bring a diary and handwrite? That takes a little more time and it gets more into your subconscious. Could you handwrite a little camping diary and write it as though someone is going to read it in the sense that it's good writing, performative writing. Maybe, I don't know if you are going to have kids someday or you have someone you could give it to, a, a special niece or nephew or brother or sister, someone that looks up to you that you could gift to them and you could really make a fun book out of everything. You know, maybe buy one of those Polaroid cameras that they have at, at, your, at your Urban Outfitters and, and, you know, one of those instant film cameras and make a little diary, tape pictures of it and save, you know, receipts from places you've been you know, did you stop at a coffee shop on the side of the road? That actually can be very glamorous to people who don't do road trips. Did you get a postcard? And make a little book, even if it's just in a notebook. And write, you know, write your little journal. It can be your project. And think of it as something, maybe you would keep it on your coffee table when the whole thing is said and done as some kind of conversation piece. Or maybe you would gift it to someone who is maybe the next little adventurer that you know in your life or someone your own age. I don't know. I feel like the giving yourself a project, then you can always be on the lookout for curiosities and fun things to put in your little book. Um, and being alone for that long, truly, you can always stop and go to a coffee shop and make small talk. You know, find an old person. They're usually safe. They're, they're from that time when people talked to each other. You know, it's kind of dicey maybe to go up to a younger person and start chatting. They're way too into it. You're like, what's wrong with you? Um, and by young, I mean anyone under 50. That's We've all been socialized now, even if we didn't grow up that way, to be like, wait, why are we talking to each other? So, I mean, audiobooks, podcasts. <clears throat> I think you're going to need to listen to things as you're driving. Do you like to sing? Can you make a playlist of songs that you love singing along to? <coughs> and, you know, for me, I do, even if I'm not bored or lonely per se, I do like the company of someone talking. So, again, podcasts, audiobooks. I think that's it. I think you won't even notice that it's a longer amount of time or that it's you by yourself. Maybe you could live tweet it or something. I don't know. I just feel like there's something where if you're getting feedback and communicating, you know, I don't know if you'll unplug during this, but if you're not going to, maybe you can somehow update people on your trip, whether it's Facebook or Instagram stories or something. I don't know. I had a, a it's so interesting what people, like, it's so interesting to me what people miss as adults, in terms of what did you miss out on learning, right? So I'm at a brunch this weekend with my friend, Sarah, and she's got a bunch of friends that that she knows through other things in life. They're not comedians, and I know them through her. So we're at brunch. She's, she's leaving town for a couple months to film something. 
And this woman, she's like very successful. She's in her late 40s, beautiful home, you know. And she's like, I have to ask you something. I have to rent a car, but we're going to drive it across a few states because we're taking my son to look at colleges. Can I rent a car in one city and then drop it off in another? And I was like, yeah. And it was like the one thing I know anything about. You know, when like normal adults, they're like married with kids and they own property. I'm like, uh, can I be there? And I'm like, oh my God, yes, you can. You might pay a drop fee. That's really all that is. But that's cars are meant to be driven state to state. <laughs> I really felt like, wow, I've really lived. I had that answer at the ready. But isn't that funny that for some reason in all of her years, that's never come up. And for some reason, in my years, it comes up constantly. Like on what planet am I driving through Kansas City, Omaha, Iowa, Idaho? Like what am I doing to do comedy? That is fucking bizarre to me. It's so strange. Um, But, you know, that's what I'm doing. So that's my advice on road trips. I've never camped. I'm not a camp person. I am probably, yeah, I think I'm just too high maintenance. I mean, the things I bring on an airplane for a two-hour flight, it's like (laughs) there's enough creams to hydrate every area of my skin. There's electrolytes. There's a lot of electrolytes happening. There's too much going on. And I had the, like... This is how you know, and again, all the moms listening are like, see, I knew that your life was easier. But you know when you get on a plane and your carry-on technically is a carry-on size bag, but because the plane is so small, it's one of those like 26-seater planes that it doesn't have normal, it's like doesn't have normal overhead compartments space. So when you're boarding the plane, they give you that little claim check. And they take your luggage right there and put it under the plane. And then when you get off, they give it right back to you. I love that. It's so much better than checking a bag. I'm, I'm always fine when that happens. But in my carry-on, I had all of my toiletries because I had a little smaller of a purse. And I planned, once I got on the plane, to just put my carry-on on my seat really quick, open it, grab the toiletries, shut it, put it in the thing. And so when they stopped me at the door and I handed off my suitcase, it wasn't until I got on the plane and we were taxiing down the runway that I went, oh, my, my nail file is in the thing. I need my nails broken. I need to file it. And it drove me crazy for two hours. And I just kept rubbing my finger on my jeans, trying to file my nail that way. And these are weird things that happen to me that I go, does anyone else have something like this where if my nail is not filed within five seconds of it breaking, I can't go on. I mean, it's like, I seriously, if I were a diva who flew private and had done that, I would ask the pilot to land so I could go back under the plane and get my suitcase. Now, that's a, that's a weird thing as a diva. You must land the plane. My nail is broken. But once we land, don't worry, I'm pretty down to earth. I will go and get the suitcase myself. Well, ma'am, we, we do that for, no, no, no. Let me walk underneath the plane and open up the door. I'll figure out how to open it. I'm sure it's heavy, but I got it. And I will pull my own suitcase out. But then we must, when we take off, don't look at, don't look at me in the eye. So anyway, anyway. 
anyway. Okay, so I rented a car in Dallas, right? I'm running so late for my flight. I, I, I cannot believe that I made it on the flight. So basically what happens is, no, it was Phoenix. It was Phoenix. Basically what happens is the car rental place is so far from the airport. It's about a 12-minute ride. And I have the receipt. I know, I know that the address of the car rental place is not the same address as the airport. I know this because I've been there. And I'm coming back from Phoenix. And I, for some reason, I just look at the receipt of where I got the rental car, the Enterprise, and I put that address in the GPS. Even though I go, Jen, the address on the receipt says the airport. And I know the car park is not at the airport. I know the rental car place is not at the airport, but I thought, well, maybe it's different when you return it. You go through the airport and you follow some signs. I don't know. Why would they put it on the receipt if that's not the exact address of the near the airport enterprise location? But it wasn't. And so I, I get to the airport. I drive around. There's no rental car place anywhere. I'm like, fuck, it's a different address. I get lost. I, I put in the, what I think is the right address. I'm driving down the freeway. And I'm like, why does it say it's going to take me nine hours to get there? Because I, I somehow the wrong address got accepted and it was taking me to Texas. And I was like, no. So then I get off the freeway, I turn around, and I just, I just Google Enterprise Phoenix Airport. The location comes up. I hit directions. It says I'm going to get there at 945. My flight boards at 945, and it's a 12-minute ride <coughs> from, like, there's no way I'm going to get on this plane. It takes off at 1015. So I get to the rental car company and I, there is a line of people pulling up to return their car. And I just, I pull up, I run out, I go, the keys are in there, I'm late. And I just run, I just run. And I get on the shuttle, I get to the air. Now I probably got to the rental car place about 9.37. I get on the shuttle, we get to the airport at about, it takes, yeah, like 9.49. I go through security. Now, I had just signed up three days before for that thing called Clear. And I'm signing up. And you do your fingerprints. And for some reason, my fingerprints just weren't fingerprinting. And she's like, I'm going to get you some lotion. And then it just felt weird. Like, I imagine this is how dudes feel when they're donating sperm. And someone's like, here's some lotion and a porno. Like, it just seems weird. I don't know. Anyone offering me lotion always feels like something dirty is happening. And so she's like, do you want to rub the lotion on your hands? I'm like, yeah, I can rub the lotion on my own hands. But she does that weird thing where instead of handing me the bottle of lotion, she squirts it on my hands for me. I don't know why I find that annoying. So I'm rubbing my hands with lotion. I go, is this enough? And she goes, yeah, yeah. So then I put it on the finger printer. I mean, I understand why it had to really get my fingerprints up in there. So I put it on and it reads my fingerprints. And then it does the face and it does the thing. And she keeps selling it on me. She goes, and this month you can get a member of your family for free. I go, I don't have any family. I mean, I don't, I I have family, but literally none of them travel. Nobody in my family travels in my immediate family. My parents once a year, maybe. And then 
my extended family, maybe, but I'd look at a call, a cousin I haven't seen, like, do you want to join Clear? What? You know, or friend, she goes, or a friend. I'm like, who actually has those kind? I mean, I have really good friends. And I'll be like, who's your doctor? I'm going to go to your doctor. But I don't call friends and go, you got to join this thing, Clear. If they're comedians, they know about Clear. If they're not, they don't care. Like, I'm not recommending. She goes, or a spouse. Do you have a spouse? I go, no, I don't. I know. You don't have to list. I had a spouse. I don't have one anymore. I don't have a spouse. Not unhappy about that particular person not being my spouse, but I don't have a spouse. I I understand. I, I understand. If I had a spouse, I would not keep it a secret from him that I had joined Clear. I would not be like, God, I wish I could, I wish I could tell you what I did at the airport, but I can't. Like, I I, I get it. So she kept saying, well, you know, just think about it. I mean, you could have, I go, I don't have, I just go, not in a sad way, but I don't have anyone in my life that I would share this news about the clear deal with. That's what I said to her, not in a sad way, but I don't have anyone in my life who I would share this deal with. (laughs) Now, it does sound like it's in a sad way. I have so many people in my life. If you looked at my texts, like the other night I'm laying in bed and two of my friends, I'm on a text thread with them. They start texting me just compliments about how lovely of a person they think I am and how they love my comedy. This is like close friends of mine that... You know what I mean? Like I have such beautiful friendships and a full, beautiful life. But if you can believe it at the same time, none of these people need to hear about clear. They know what clear is. And the ones that don't, they are never going to use it. And in case you're like, what are you talking about? Is this Scientology or something? Clear is those things you see at the airport. And so you now I no longer have to pull out my license when I'm checking in. I mean, when I'm, if I check in it, you know, and check a bag, yeah. But when I'm going through security, I just show my boarding pass and I'm TSA pre-check. So clear is a totally different line. You go through, but what happens is a representative of clear takes you through the line. They put their fingerprints down and then they go, okay, who's the person you're with? And then me, the person I have to put my fingerprints down and it's like, that's you, Jennifer. And I go through. And if the fingerprints don't work, then they do a thumbprint. And if the thumbprint doesn't work, then it scans your face. I think it should just scan your face, like my iTunes password or all my passwords. And I can't believe that I'm that person now who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's totally fine. I'll just use my face to scan everything. I'm sure it's fine. No, I I just give my fingerprints and all my info to you know, just all the government agencies and like my phone scans my face and that's just how I do it. And I mean, it's blatantly like we can't run, we can't hide. I don't know what the government's exactly going to do with my face scan, but it seems weird that I used to be afraid of email. And I told my roommate in college, the government's reading this and they will use it against us. And he was like, my AOL account? I'm just using it to chat with my friend who's in the other room. But isn't that cool? And I'm like, something's fucking weird with this. They want our information. And everyone thought I was paranoid, which I was. But I wasn't wrong, but I I wasn't right either, right? So, and now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Fingerprint me. Take all my rights. Um, so anyway, I'm so late. I get to the airport. 
And I'm like, oh, good, I have clear. And I run through and I'm sweating and I'm breathing heavy. And the guy goes, come on through. And, and he's like, good thing you have clear. The line's really long. You wouldn't have made your flight. He scans the thing. He scans his fingerprints. They're like, now scan the guest's fingerprints. And I put mine in. And they're not showing up. He goes, damn, you're like a ghost or something. I go, I know, it's not showing up. He goes, weird. I go, I swear to God I signed up for this last week. It's $179 for the year. And the woman was telling me you guys are having some kind of special. And he goes, I trust you. Just go. So I never had to show ID. I just got, I just went right through security. So there you go, everybody. Every once in a while, I like a lax TSA guy. When it's lax for me, because I know I'm not a terrorist. But I'm also like, yeah, they have my fingerprints if something happens. I don't know. I was glad that he did it. And then I felt bad because I don't want him to get in trouble. I hope no one saw it. But I think they did. I think they did. Because the, the, the TSA agent goes, you ran her thing? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> That's what they want to hear. And then I had, thank God I had a normal TSA agent who just let me through. But on the way to Phoenix, I had, oh, I hate when they take it too seriously. It's like, come on. The terrorist of the next incident is not overpacking a fucking carry-on. You know? The guys on the night, you got to watch the people that don't have luggage. That's the suspicious people. The 9-11 hijackers, they just walked on the plane, no luggage. They're just like, boop, going through. Just have a quick little pocket knife. Don't even worry about it, babe. Nail box cutter, whatever. I mean, that was so weird to have a box cutter then. No one had boxes to cut. Oh, well, we did have CDs. I was like, that was before Amazon. We weren't really like getting boxes all the time. Now I feel like everything is bought. My whole life is boxes, but... But back then, you did need a box cutter pretty much if you wanted to buy a CD. So, you know, she probably thought these two men without their luggage, they're just going to, you know, they're flying from Boston to L.A. or wherever the flight was supposed to be going to. And they're just going to probably go to the Sunset Tower Records and they're just going to buy a ton of CDs and they got their box cutter. So... I get to Phoenix, the airport, you know. Oh, anyway, so I get on the plane. I was going to tell you about the TSA agent on my way there who's just being way too careful. And I'm, I'm, I'm pre-checked, so you, don't really, you really shouldn't pull my bag over for no reason. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the FBI has cleared me. I'm fine, whatever. I don't think the FBI is involved in pre-check. Maybe they are. I don't fucking know. But I gave my blood tests, my records, my fingerprints, you know, everything, everything. They've got an imprint of my boob. They've got a plaster caster of my boob. And I, I go through the, the thing and she holds my suitcase back and she's like taking, I can see the x-ray. She's taking 20 minutes to look at it. Mm, mm. Like, honey, I know you think what you're doing is important and technically it is. And I thank each and every one of the TSA because I know they have a thankless job. But I hate the ones that take it so seriously. I'm like, come on, nerd. Get the thing going. You think I'm a fucking terrorist? I know they could be anybody. I'm not trying to racially profile. But come on, let's go. If I were a terrorist about to blow up a plane, you know what I would do if somebody took my carry-on and, and held it back for inspection? 
I just keep walking. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to blow myself up. So I don't even need that anyway. All the material is in my pocket. I somehow just got through the detector for some reason. But yeah, uh, I'm just going to blow that. And I just walk off. Anyway, she goes, whose bag is this? I go, it's mine. I go, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. The guy will have to take you through it. And I was like, then I'm starting to get nervous. I don't, you ever get nervous? You're like, not, nothing could have happened. Like somehow through osmosis, like a bag of cocaine is going to get in there. Like when I wasn't looking, when I was signing up for clear and she was asking me all those stupid questions, it was really just some kind of front so that somebody could be quick sneaking a bag of cocaine in my, in my suitcase. And so then they open my suitcase and it turns out it's just my, my makeup bag, which I check and travel 50 times a month for years. No one's ever, there's nothing, uh, that's not right sized. There's no full bottles of anything. And the guy was like, I guess this is all she, yeah, it was this bag that was confusing. Or I go, it's just some lipsticks and a like, like face powder and eyeliner. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. It looks like toiletries to me. I go, yeah, thank you. And I think he was like this fucking nerd. There was suitcases piled up every single person's suitcase she held for inspection. She's trying to get a raise or something. I was so annoyed with her. And then I was starting to hope really dark things. Like I hope the one bag she doesn't check is a really a problem, which wouldn't make any sense. Cause then that would just make her worse for the next time. But I don't know. Listen, when you're tired at the airport, you start thinking weird shit. So on the return trip, I'm late. The guy lets me through clear. I get on the plane. I cannot believe it. I get on the plane with about 15 minutes to spare. And I'm so pissed at myself because I didn't stop to pee or grab a water in the airport. So now I have to try to like, it's really hard to use the bathroom when people are boarding the plane because you can't really get out. (laughs) You're like stuck in the bathroom. And I, I just felt like I was the biggest pain in the ass. And then I went to my seat and I tapped my pocket and there were car keys there. It was the rental car car keys. And I felt like a criminal. I don't, I, I don't know why. I had this just feeling like I had done something really bad. I was like, oh, I still have the car keys. And, and I feel like that's something that like my parents wouldn't understand. They'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, we have to get off the plane right now and bring it back. Oh, she's got the car keys. How are they going to get in the car? Oh my God. You're like... And I was like, Jen, don't react. Don't react. That's your parents' reaction. That's not yours. My parents are probably listening like, I wouldn't react like that. Why do you say these things about us? We are such nice people. So I just called. I called Enterprise. And I'm trying to politely go, operator, operator, operator into the phone. And then they pick up and I said, I accidentally took the keys with me. And then I said, I can't bring them back. The flight's about to take off. As though they were going to ask me to do that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. And she said, oh, that's okay. You can just mail them back to us. And I said, oh, you guys have extra copies of the keys? And she goes, yeah, I guess so. I mean, they weren't worried at all. I have a feeling they probably have spare. Of course they would have to. They don't give the only pair key to that car to, to to the renter. But... I just felt bad because I'd left it in the middle. You know, I was a real dick that day. Real dick. Real white privilege. Excuse me, I'm late. <laughs> Here's my car. Bye. Let me in through clear, please. Oh, my God. Why are they checking my bag? I know what I sound like. I know because I am. I'm sorry I am. Sometimes 
Sometimes I just am what I am, which is a fucking white woman. I mean, I'm sorry at the end of the day. That's what I am. Throwing out her trash, recording a podcast. How's that New Year's resolution going where you were going to start working out? You're going to lose that weight. How's your beach body coming? It's almost summer. Guys, get into P-Volve. You ever finished a workout feeling sore, too exhausted to function, ready to collapse on a couch with six hours of Netflix and your ringer turned off? That's not the point of working out. But it's often the result, not with P-Volve. I have this, you guys. I am really into this kind of workout. It's a completely science-backed method that will help you achieve beautiful natural muscle tone that you're looking for and feel your best doing it. I don't mean to be exclusive, but ladies, this is that kind of lean muscle we're going for, not too bulky, and it's not lifting weights. Over 97% of women who have tried the P-ball, it's a letter P period ball, a revolutionary inflated ball and an elastic band, they found it effective in targeting thighs, butt, and ab muscles within two weeks. Now, I do sort of micro workouts like your Pilates or your pop physique or things like that when I'm at home, but the days that I can't get to the gym and when I'm on the road, I have my little P-Volve system with me and it's small. I throw it in my carry-on bag. Here's the thing. Go to pvolve.com slash fun. P is in Peter, V is in Victor, O-L-V-E.com slash fun. This is a workout that's entirely backed by science, how your hip flexion translates to core strength, your joint function translates to muscular function, muscles can be pushed safely past their past their plateau points. Small movements performed with perfect form yield the biggest results. It's the best deal they have anywhere because you will get a free trial for one month and 20% off the P-Ball at pvolve.com slash fun. Download the app, watch tutorials, see dozens of before and after pictures, and then try the P-Volve free for one month. Plus get 20% off of the P-Ball at Again, pvolve.com slash fun. It's the opposite of a grueling, high-impact, painful workout. It is about mastering precise movements that activate hard-to-reach muscles. You get visible results in less time using less energy. So on the days you work out, you don't have to completely collapse after. I love it. And how's your spring cleaning going, you guys? Are you spring cleaning? Because this is, I love Grove. I use this too. And I love it. Go to grove.co. That is not .com. Grove.co.co slash fun. G-R-O-V-E dot co slash fun. Spring is here. The best part, the weather starts to get nice. You can finally get outside. But the worst part is cleaning it all up. You get mud everywhere. Or maybe you got dishes left over because you had your first big barbecue outside. Nothing. Gets your house smelling like spring, like the spring scents from Grove. And they are real cleaning products, and they're healthier, and they're accessible, and they're affordable. Over half a million families already shop Grove.co for non-toxic dish soap, plant-based skincare, and tree-free bath tissue. I have, they sent me a beautiful care package. What I love is they sent me this really awesome glass spray bottle with this lavender you know, concentrated liquid and that you just fill the spray bottle up with water. And now you have your own sort of like homemade looking counter spray. They have Mrs. Meyers products. They sent a beautiful candle that's vanilla scented, all natural sponges. I love it. It makes 
it easy to find the best natural eco-friendly products online delivers them, delivers them straight to your door so you can make better choices for your family with just one click everything available at grove is healthier for you and the planet and it really works brands you love mrs meyer seventh generation birds bees right to your doorstep get this exclusive mrs meyer's offer from grove before it runs out you get your favorite spring scents. You can select from peony, lilac, or mint. New customers, you will get a free cleaning set in these limited edition scents, peony, lilac, or mint, when you place your first order of 20 bucks. You get a free Mrs. Meyers spring hand soap, free Mrs. Meyers spring dish soap, and free Mrs. Meyers multi-surface spray. Again, you get to pick your favorite scent. And you get a Grove Collaborative Cleaning Caddy and Walnut Scrubber Sponges. Try Grove now before this exclusive spring offer runs out. My listeners get a three-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyers Spring Scents and a free 60-day VIP membership and a surprise bonus gift just for you. When you sign up and place an order of 20 or more, $20 or more, that is, check out grove.co slash bun. Oh, my God. Ugh. What am I talking about? Yeah, so when I, when I was little, you know, it's amazing that I can even how much, and I know, I, I have to do another anxiety episode or something someday. I was... I've just been bogged down with how to put this all together in my mind. I, I, I want to do an anxiety thread on Twitter that, that's sort of a, God, I think now's the time to do it too. I just want to, I just want it to be expert and from my experience, but I don't want it. I don't know. I, I just have to do it. Um, I, I feel like I might focus on the fear of flying. I'm really getting into the fear of flying thing. I think I think it's really starting to get scary, you know, with those 737 planes grounded. And, you know, there are instances where people can point to and go, I'm sorry, but planes are crashing. You know, um, it's still not as often as cars. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. It's the safest way to travel. And it's, you know, but things stand out to us when they go wrong, right? And they're reported. Anyway, I have this idea. I was telling my manager about it. I'm like, I know, listen, we have like real things to accomplish this year. Like there's not a lot of time. Like I'm, I have three giant ideas to pitch this year and, and getting those together takes time and effort. So there's not a lot of time for like, let's just do a thing for fun on the side. How about sleeping? That's what I can do on the side for fun. You know, I'm already doing the podcast and touring, but I had this idea. I was like, God, I wish I could just film something sort of on the fly with an iPhone. And I, and I will, I'm, I'm just, I'm just noodling about in my brain. And I'm also, by the way, there's a big rebrand coming with this podcast. I will be changing the name and there will be big changes coming. Um, not too much, uh, not, not so much to the format or still be the same. I seem fun that you love, but there will be big changes coming, uh, sometime in the next couple months. So stay tuned for that. Um, but remember a few months ago, I was kicking around like something needs to change with this podcast. Well, it's going to be. So, but I'm thinking like I would love to just offer myself up. And this is what my fear of flying teacher, Dr. Forgione, used to do, who is no longer with us. He taught at Logan's Heroes in Boston. I wanna, He used to say after he took his fear of flying class, I will fly with you somewhere as a, you know, you, you've taken my class, you've graduated, but you you feel you need me there to help. I will fly as long as you pay for the ticket. So I was thinking, God, if I, if I just flew, I, I wouldn't, I would even maybe even pay my own ticket. But if anyone, you know, 
in their 20s. I don't know why. I'm, it has got to be someone in their 20s, like someone who's just not very experienced with anxiety, doesn't travel a lot, and they have to fly somewhere. If they want me to fly with them, and I'm talking sit next to them the whole flight, I am there as their anxiety coach. I will do it as long as you let me document it somehow because I would use it to help other people. You know, it'd be like a one woman queer eye, but it's not a makeover. It's just an emo, it's like a anxiety helper. I would delight in flying with someone and helping them. It would just, I don't know why, like my heart sings when I think about doing that. So I don't know. I feel like I'll figure out what to do, but I just keep fantasizing. Like I just want to get on a plane with someone and help them and, and have someone film it. But like, but really, you know how you, iPhones look so good these days, kids, you know, and I think that would be part of the charm of what it is. Like, Hey, I'm going to put this on YouTube. Like comedian Jen Kirkman goes, flies with this person who has a fear of flying and I fly to, you know, whatever, wherever you're going. And I just turn around and fly back. Like I don't spend any time with you. And, uh, but I would spend time with you before the flight. Like I would, I, I don't even know how it would work out. Like, would I go to your place? You know, I'd have to fly. I don't know. You don't have to be from Los Angeles. I would just go meet you where you are, get to your place, somehow help you, get you to the airport, just every step of the way help you. Um, and, and somehow somebody documents it on their iPhone. It wouldn't be either you or me because we have, we really have like work to do. I don't know. Doesn't that sound fun? Wouldn't you totally watch that? Wouldn't you totally be in that? We'll figure it out. We'll get it done. I don't need any suggestions or anything. It's, it's just, I'm just letting you into my little dreamer brain. That's, that's the shit that I think about when I'm like, I'm never bored. My brain's always going, is that boring though? That's what I think about. But it's amazing that I don't, I mean, I guess I've just been around so long and I've worked hard on it, but I really had so much, you know, we're talking about road trips. I used to have so much travel anxiety when I was growing up and everything was, we're going to get nuked by Russia, you know, the cold war. I mean, it was, I don't know why I'm saying it in like that sarcastic voice. That was a real thing. I, when we would drive to my Nana's house, I don't know if my mom was saying this to soothe her own anxiety or she just didn't think it was, an, she said it very matter of factly. She'd go, you know, Jennifer, MIT and Harvard, that's, they make the bombs there and they invent, I don't know, who knows what she actually said, but this is how my mind has processed it some 30 years later. This is what I think I remember. Sitting in the car in the freeway, if we were in, what we called it the highway, if we were in traffic on Route 128, going up north, going to Lawrence to my nana's, rest his soul. Jennifer, you know, they keep the nuclear bombs under the freeway. That's, that they're ready to go at a moment's notice. So if anything happens... Where our car is right over where the bombs are. So the ground would open up and the nuclear bombs, they, they come out of here, don't they, Ronnie? And they weren't trying to fuck with me. I know it sounds like they're like teasing me. They're, this is just like conversation you have in the car. You know, some people play I Spy or the license plate game. My family was more like, just to let you know where the nukes are, right underneath. I know we're stuck in traffic right now. And so, of course, I would just sit in cars and go, oh, my God. Oh my God, we're going to get nuked any second. Oh my God, I'm trapped in the car. Oh my God. <laughs> so I just developed this crazy fear of being like trapped in a freeway on cars. And then, you know, irony of irony, I live in LA. That's all my life is. And now I don't care. 
What did you do to get over it? I don't know. Sometimes you just fucking get over stuff. Sometimes you work on so many other things that something over on the side clears up and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not afraid of that anymore. You know? But yeah, I don't know where they were getting that information. They make the bombs at MIT and... I mean, they don't. They make the scientists that make the bombs at MIT. But I mean, the way I saw it, and that's probably what they were saying, but the way I saw it when I was little was like, Oh, there's bombs all over those colleges. <laughs> Speaking of which, I know this is old news. I'm just still obsessed with the Lori Laughlin getting her daughters into college thing. I just don't understand, and I'm not I, I understand that you want your kids to have an education and you know, among the parent world and especially in like rich LA world. Education is still important, at the very least, just for show, and you don't want to look like a you're a shitty parent because you can't get your kids in, or you're not smart, or your kids are stupid. But if I were 18 and I were a Sephora, you know, which is a makeup store for those of you who don't know, and I was a rep for you know, not a rep, but like a ambassador for Sephora, where I got paid to talk about their products. And then I had a YouTube channel with 5 billion people watching. You're, that's it. You made it. You're a millionaire. You're a mogul. You don't need to go to college. That's your trade. I mean, truly, if you want to get an ed- a liberal arts education, I mean, you could just like take fucking night classes somewhere or just wait a few years as you mature. And if, if there's subjects that truly interest her, she could find out about them, but she didn't even want to go to school. And her mother is doing all these fake SAT scores and photoshopping her head onto a, um, I don't know if she was one of the ones that did that, but there were some parents that photoshopped their kid's head onto an athletic body and said, oh, they're going to go on a basketball scholarship. There's all different kinds of scams. Someone takes your SATs for you or they just have, I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I don't even know if she knew her parents were doing that. And now she's totally embarrassed and her life is ruined. I mean, imagine doing something that you think is going to help your kid. And it is such a fucking risk. I mean, it is a federal fucking offense. It's crazy. And I sort of love it. Not, not because I want something to happen to the young girl, but just, I don't know. It's nice to see some justice sometimes, right? I'll take it where I can get it. Anyway. Making all the bombs at MIT, everybody. They're making all the bombs. If you see any bombs at MIT, let me know. But one of the scariest things that happened to me on a road trip was, it actually wasn't scary. I was actually sad because I have an old friend who I I don't even know that well, but he's always a delight to run into. And um, he's an old friend of a friend, and we still send each other Christmas cards, even though we've hung out like twice, and it was like 20 years ago. But... He's like a graphic designer and, uh, I don't know. He's just, he's just hilarious. So, and, uh, yeah. So I'm on the subway. I mean, on the subway, I'm on the Amtrak. This is years ago and I fell asleep, but I had my iTunes open because I was listening to music and reading. I think I had the music on just to drown out the sound of the people. So I'm probably listening to some like comfy jazzy thing and I fall asleep and then I wake up I shut the computer down and um 
Yeah, because I think at the time, I didn't used to have iTunes on my phone. That was like a weird thing for me. I was like, I'm not using iTunes on my phone. It, I don't know. I, was, I thought it took up too much room, or I liked to have a separate iPod for music. So um, that's why my phone wasn't near me. It was in my purse. I wasn't looking at it. And then I get off the train, and my friend Andrew, who I haven't seen in like 20 years, is like, were you just on the Amtrak? Did you just, and I, I was, I think I was going into New York City, and I said, yeah, and he, but he had texted me, he's like, are you on the Amtrak right now? That's what it was. Or maybe I was, yeah. And I said, no, I just got off. And he was like, I was on the train, and I was like, did you see me? Why didn't you shout my name? And he was like, no, I saw your iTunes. It said Jen Kirkman's iTunes. So it was like somehow on his computer... Somehow on his computer, you know, it showed up like the other people's Wi-Fi in the area or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God. I was so bummed. I was like, I was completely asleep. I didn't see you. And But then I thought, God, what if it was someone that I didn't want to see? And that, so I have to figure out. I'm sure there's a way, and you'll probably email me, but I don't really want you to do um, Oh, my God. There's going to be don't email me T-shirts. I have all new merchandise coming. I, I had a epiphany. I was like, we need t-shirts about doing laundry and, and, and not, you know, I think I did like who calls people. Cause that was something I said once. And then even though now I'm like a phone talker and, uh, don't email me or something like that. And then I love laundry day. So if any of that interests you, that's coming down the pike. So anyway, yeah, you got to be careful. People can find you at any time. And now that I'm clear, you guys, I feel like I'm just exposed. I'm just out there and I'm exposed. So, I'll end on this. I don't even know if it's like that good a story, but I'll tell it anyway. So, I'm always tweeting. I'm always up in the business of Congressman Eric Swalwell's tweets because I enjoy his Russia investigation stuff. And I've noticed, I think he tweeted me once a long time ago, like six months ago, like I think he tweeted back or he retweeted or he liked or something. But I noticed and I was like, oh, he follows me. And then a friend of mine had like a little community event and like he went to it, even though he's a Bay Area guy and I'm in LA. But then one of his campaign people or workers or assistants got in touch with me privately and was like, hey, we'd like to invite you to this event in LA, you know, blah, 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 like a fundraising event. I'm like, oh, great. And then someone else that knows him but is like a friend of a friend, like got my info and he contacted me directly and was like, I'd love to invite you to this event, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, I'm such a fan. So I go and we meet and he's a delight and he's a lovely man and wife and kids and all that. And it's not like anything nefarious and so he just wanted to hear what people were concerned about you know and I don't know if he's sniffing out a run you know but um I'd never heard his story it is reminded me of when I went to see Michelle Obama speak in 20 was it 14 no when was wait eight 2012 right yeah and I was such a dick back then you know I voted for Obama but I just the second time around, I was like, 
I'm so liberal. He's not liberal enough. And I, I saw her speak and I really didn't know a lot of the stuff he had done. Like he was never in the news. Remember they used to call him no drama Obama, like to the point where I'd like forget there was a president. I'm like, what's he up to? You know, like what's he doing today? And so she would talk about this law went through and this one for equal pay and this thing. And I, oh, I didn't even know that. And it was, it's just fun to hear. And so then I got to hear his story, the congressman, and, and I liked where he came from. I like his beginnings, like his family history. But I just thought this is sort of like being a comedian. You know, you stand in a room or, you know, usually it's like if it's a private event, it's someone who has like a big house. So you're in their big house. But it's very intimate. You know, there's 100 people there you're speaking to. And it's like when comedians do small gigs around town to warm up for potential big gigs. Or sometimes as part of the job, it's not even a lesser than proposition where you're only using it to warm up. You do the small gigs and you do the big ones. You know, you do the stadium, but you do a town hall. And I thought, God, this is really... I got bit by the politics buck where I was like, I would love to be a politician, but I'm only thinking about the fun part where you have your speech down and someone throws you a fancy thing and everyone like wants to meet you. Although it's way more annoying because I get my feedback from the crowd in terms of, did you laugh? How hard? Did you not laugh? What did that feel like? I don't have each of you, I mean, even at a book signing meet and greet, it's like whiz, whiz, whiz. The contract between us is, you know, I'm not rude, but if you don't get like a full conversation with me, you're not like, I can't believe it. You see the line of people, we're keeping it moving. You get your book, I sign it by. But with politicians, like they're there to hear you and how can I address your issues and blah, blah, blah. So you kind of can't just pass them off. It's like, uh huh, okay, blah, blah, talking, talking. That part might make me a little kooks. But I really was like, oh, I don't, but of course I'm always mad at people, you know, who like as much as I love Marianne Williamson's spiritual guru, I think it's literally insane that she's running for president, like insane. I think she's let so many people down in her community and maybe they don't feel this way, but I just know that she gives her lectures in LA every Monday night at this theater and spiritual and I love her work. And, you know, she was, her and Louise Hay in the spiritual community were some of the women going around in the 80s working directly with AIDS patients back when people thought you could get it by touching someone. And, you know, they're, they're beautiful, miraculous ladies. And she has a big gay following. And, and now it's just like you're running for president, so you can't do your weekly spiritual speech. And I think, well, that's what God put you on earth to do, Miss Spiritual. You know, you're not supposed to be the president. You're supposed to be this. And if you want, you know, I know that they only want to get as far as being allowed to be in the debates so that they can get their spiritual message to the national platform or, hey, I'm big on, you know, small business. So I'm, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm probably not going to win, but I'm going to get in the debates and people are going to have to hear me talk about small business. I get that. But I feel like if you're a spiritual person or the whatever, then just do that, but then bend the ear of the people that actually have a chance at winning and don't enter the race and make the entire party look like whack jobs. And, and I don't think spirituality is whack jobby, but people could certainly paint it that way. 
And I don't even think she's going to make enough of a dent for anyone to even be like, what a whack job. That must be all the Democrats, you know, but I just was like, come on, lady. So of course I get mad at that, but of course I fantasize now. I want to run for something. Senate, you know, I'm not start small. Fuck you. I'm 44 and tired. You know, people are like, why don't you, you know, do a ribbon cutting in your local town first? No, you know, it's, it is like, it is sort of like an ego fulfillment thing. And then, you know, it's tough. It seems very appealing. And I think honestly, the appeal is, oh, I still get to be with crowds, but I don't have to like have a punchline every two seconds. And that's really what it, at the end of the day, a comedian is looking to connect with people (laughs) without punchlines. Um, and so I should just stick with the podcast. Right. But it was, it was cool. And so, but anyway, I was laughing because we all, you know, people that wanted to asked a question and, and I, and I had a question and I raised my hand and, um, I said, Oh, thank, thanks for doing this. And, and I have a question. He goes, everyone, it's Jen Kirkman. She's a really funny comedian and her Twitter is awesome. And I was like, Oh my God, he didn't like, maybe don't associate yourself with my Twitter. I mean, listen, I was just dying laughing because I remember, uh, not in a mean way, but one time my ex said to me, like, I think your Twitter, like people might think you're crazy. And it was like, I totally get it, but I don't care. Like I, this is me and I still seem to get jobs in this business and whatever. But then, um, I, I thought about that all the time and I was like, does it bother you? Like, do you think that it reflects on you? And he was like, um, like he didn't like it. He definitely was just like, I think he thought my Twitter looked crazy. So I felt sort of vindicated or validated where it was like, well, someone who's fucking congressperson, they don't think my Twitter's crazy. You know, these are the dumb things that go through my head at things, but it was very nice. But then all these people came up to me after and they're like, I totally know you. And I was like, this is my people. Where are these political people? They need to be at my shows. Do you know how many late night shows that I have pitched to host political late night shows? I'd say at least 10 over the past six years. It's, I, we just had to stop because every network was like, it's the yearly Jen Kirkman. I mean, I once was like, imagine if there was like a Glenn Beck show, but it's me, Glenn Becking it up with issues I care about. Like it looks like an unhinged person but it's like really thoughtful, blah, blah, blah. As they say, deep dives, you know? And uh, everyone was like, no. And then it was like, why don't I have like a female Bill Maher? Or like, it's just me, you know, like round tables. No. What about this? What about, no, 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 no. So, and I'm not in that game anymore. And actually, so like the marketplace dictates certain things. So now it's like, you know, you go into those pitches when you hear this network is looking for, uh, you don't like bother with it when no one's looking. So right now the marketplace is not looking for that. So it wouldn't even be a thing I would do anyway, but, um, yeah, it's very interesting. So anyway, that was super funsies and, but it's tough. Like it's tough to like a politician and to like want to put your picture up on Twitter with them and be like, Hey, I'm at, 
Because it's like, I don't fucking know who the next downfall is going to be. You know, I don't know who the next whack job is going to be. And now I'm like, oh, this person seems great. You know, so I try to just not back any horses publicly and not really. But I was very impressed with. Um, well, I mean, I was I was impressed that he seemed to be a fan of my stuff. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. So, folks. But I was just I was I was joking with a friend of mine. I was like writing a movie in my head like can you imagine if let's just take it off this guy but like if a candidate you know if a congressman or, or a senator was like thinking about running for president and then they did but I became their closest confidant and I was like listen this is what the people are saying I was just in Portland Oregon I was just in Phoenix I have tour dates coming up in Salt Lake City Pittsburgh Philadelphia Omaha Kansas City St. Louis, Salt Lake City, Boston, Brooklyn. Those are all the places I'm going. Go to jenkirkman.com and click tour. Tickets are on sale now. Oh my God. If I did that and said, dude, this is what the people are talking about. And then like his, you know, his or her like speeches are getting funnier. And like, like, wow, that's a real deep cut issue that I care about. And, and people are like, ooh, ooh, like crowds going crazy. Everyone's like, what does this candidate have over all the other ones? And it's me, the secret weapon, the comedian, punching up their jokes and telling them what the people care about. And then, like when they win, it's like jokes on the GOP, like comedian brings candidate to landslide, you know? It's like the secret weapon is revealed, like I'm the Karl Rove of whatever. So anyway, these, again, these are things I think about when I'm like, I'm never bored because my brain is always making shit up. Luckily, lately, it's been fun shit and not like this bombs underneath you. But anyway, so I hope you all come and see me. Here's what you're going to do right now at I Seem Fun Podcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash I Seem Fun Podcast. Both of those places you can get all your podcast related tweets and updates. And if you click, uh, if you go to the bio of the Twitter and the Facebook page, the link will take you to the closed Facebook group. I approve you. You get in, you talk to everyone else in the group about all things related to I seem fun and topics we talk about on the show. Send an email. I seem fun at gmail.com. If you have any needs, please don't send me pitches. <laughs> I, I actually can't, I would have to delete it. And not, that's like not union rules. So don't send me anything like that. Um, and come see me. My show for Los Angeles, my storytelling show for April 30th just went on sale. That is a great show. This is, you know, I'm in LA once a month. I feel like people should take more advantage of it. It's a $15 ticket. You see me do at least 45 minutes. I work out new stuff. I have special guests and I will be either reading or reciting a story that will be hopefully a chapter in a book. Um, I'm still putting the pitch together, but if it becomes a book, then I will be workshopping it all year, a la David Sedaris. So yeah, it's a book about Gen X, getting older, my family, midlife, whatever. You'll, you'll love the shows. They're super fun. And again, Hollywood Improv Lab, small little cabaret, intimate space, 7.30, April 30th. Come after work, have a drink, unwind, get some nachos, whatever. It's super, super chill. 
And I feel like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it does sell out every month, but I feel like it should just be like sold automatically every month. It's only 60 seats and you're getting to see me do stuff that I do not do anywhere else in the country. It is just for my home base. So come see that. Come see me on tour. The show's in Omaha, Kansas City, and St. Louis. Uh, Omaha and St. Louis are all ages. So you can come teenagers and Kansas City is 18 plus. So kids, kids, kids. Kansas City only holds 250 people and that's going really fast. So I wouldn't wait on tickets to that. And Boston, almost all of the floor seats are gone. So don't wait on that either. That's the Wilbur Theater, September 13th. I know it seems far off, but we've already sold like over 400 tickets. So I would not wait. All right. Until next week, have fun.